0: to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit Rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo yo, welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded episode 58 to be exact, and actually our first of the new year. So happy 2019, everybody. Hope closing out 2018 and getting ready for the new year was a pleasurable experience for you. And I'm just so excited to start and be with you guys Monday through Friday um, as we launch more content for Stay Grounded and just help all of us together create extraordinary in our lives. This week's guest is Mr. Dan Clark. So Dan is the CEO of Brain.fm, which is an incredible company that creates music that allows you to be more productive. It's essentially audio Adderall is the way I've been using it to describe it to people. It's one of my favorite tools I've ever used in my life. It's actually a secret for me being able to get so much done quickly and being able to focus in limited amounts of time. And so I'm going to let Dan talk about what Brain.FM is. But what I love about Dan most is that he didn't actually found the company. So Dan was one of Brain.fm's first users, and when he first realized how amazing the technology is, he called the company 12 times before they agreed to bring him on for an interview. From there, he worked his way up and became the CEO, and he's relatively young. I mean, he's my age, actually. I think he's about 27 or 28 years old. I mean, Dan has been in love with technology and has been in entrepreneurship from such a young age. He started building websites when he was 13, built an advertising business at the age of 18 to seven figures in revenue. And he's just been everywhere. He travels all over the world. He's got a goal to set foot on all seven continents. And I think he's actually headed to Antarctica pretty soon. And this man is just a very good friend of mine. We've had many conversations behind the veil. And so I'm really excited to be able to highlight my good friend, Dan, and, and just show everything he's up to. I mean, he's a passionate chef. He loves cooking. He's a painter. From somebody who goes so all in on business and so all in on creating wealth and abundance in the professional realm. I love seeing guys like him come forward and show how he can also go and just create passionate living as the cornerstone for his existence. So super excited about this. Hope you guys are too. But before we get started, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. All that means is that every single time we launch a new episode or a new piece of content, it just falls right in your phone. You can also check us out on Spotify and all the other channels, whatever floats your boat. And if you haven't already, get involved in the conversations and the Facebook group and go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. There's lots of post podcast discussions and insights and different things that I'm personally adding into the community as well as some of our guests who are part of the community. So anyways, hope you guys are excited for 2019 and just pumped to live in abundance and explore what staying grounded means on a day to day basis. So without further ado, please enjoy my good friend, Mr. Dan Clark. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. your host Raj, and man, I'm really excited for this week's guest, Mr. Dan Clark. Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited. I know that, you know, the first time we really hung out, like really, really hung out, was also on a Saturday. Actually, no, it was on a Saturday. It was in New York City, and we were watching the Texas game. We were yep. sitting in a in a bar in New York City, and I remember us going down an amazing rabbit hole of conversation that lasted roughly around three or four hours. <laughs> yeah,
1: we didn't even end up watching the game. Really,
0: <laughs> <laughs> It just turned into the most fun conversation about everything that excites us. And so I'm just really glad that we get to capture a portion of that for the listeners here today. Yeah, yeah super pumped. Super pumped, man. So... Let's dive in. Sorry to introd you, so we won't dive into any of the boring details. But I am particularly curious about a story, and I'd love to get a little more juice behind it. So, before you started working at Brain FM, you were one of the first users, and mm-hmm. I think one of the coolest things that I learned about you was that you loved the product so much that you called the company almost twelve times to get a free job just to work for them, and then now you're the CEO. So. Lots to cover in that, but particularly, what made you want to call the company 12 times? And where did that attitude towards
1: just achievement come from? For me to answer that, I actually have to rewind probably to my first real job. Actually, my first job was a janitor, right? (laughs) 16. But after that, I started doing martial arts and I taught martial arts. I have a secondary black belt and did that for a while. And one thing I loved about that job was I helped people. And I saw the connection point where someone learns something and they make that connection, they get it. And it was something that at a really young age was super attractive to me. There was a time where I ended up, was going to open up my own martial arts school. And then through fates of chance, it ended up not working out. And I started traveling the world, which I'm very passionate about, and came back and I go, how do I do this all the time? And I have a background in web and tech. So I, I used to make apps and websites just for fun. When I was like 13 years old and built martial arts school websites, things like that, came back from Australia, which was my first major trip. And I go, Whoa, this is amazing. How do I do this all the time? Oh, I can make websites. And I built out a lead generation business for websites and ended up selling it at a really young age. And even though it wasn't a ton of money back then, but it was like, Wow, tech, there's money here. I can help people and make money. This is great. And I started doing that for businesses where I would know all the tech things. And I would come in and say, Hey, this is how you leverage tech to build a business. And I would do that once, twice. And I realized I was really good at it. And I started doing that. I started traveling around the world. And I came back and I realized that I need to put roots down because there's a certain level that I, I, I hit my ceiling. It wasn't exciting anymore. So then I started working in advertising, which I also did. And I found that it's the same exact thing: tech business and advertising together. And I started working out for a digital agency that we built out from a traditional agency back in Boston and started doing that. And I had so much fun. I was traveling all around the U.S. I was doing like one to $5 million contracts, but there started to be a point where I started not feeling the same thing I felt. And there was something missing. And I realized it was directly helping people and having that connection point of where things are. And uh, there was other things that happened, which is you know other stories, very madman esque things. Where you know at 23, I was making more money than both my parents, and I was partying and going to clubs because that's kind of the the business. Yeah. And I realized that this is fun for right now, but this is not for me in 10 or 15 or 20 years from now. And I started looking at other opportunities. I was like, I'm going to get back in tech. I want to help people. And then I came across Brain.fm when it really just launched and started becoming popular, and. I remember trying it and I was like, holy crap, this is going to change the world. I, I felt it. It was in the first 15 minutes of trying it. So Brain FM. for people that haven't heard about it before, we help people focus, relax, and sleep better. And at that state, I was just a user and I bought a Lifetime. I was so enthralled with the product. Now, I'm the type of person that is super sensitive to focus, super sensitive to my circadian rhythm, things like that. So When I was uh, working with clients, I'd actually start my day at 10 p.m. And I'd work till 4 a.m. when I was developing coding, doing any of my copy, any kind of my campaigns, because that was where I would enter into this. Some people call it flow state. Some people call it, you know, these other elevated states. And I found that I could just naturally get there. And I was so intrigued with how do I get that not only by time of day, but of diet of nootropics of different things. And I've tried almost every single nootropic, almost every single diet. I'm normally on a keto diet. And really make a long story short, as I came across Brain FM and I go, this is the best thing I've ever used to get to that state. And I used it for a week, bought it. I used it for a week longer. And I go, no, I just, I need to be part of this rocket ship. This is going to change the world. And I remember calling them and calling them and calling them and I didn't get responses probably for the first 10 or 11 times. And they finally got back to me and they said, let's have a conversation. And I told them about what I did and how I could help and I could optimize. And they told me they didn't have a money because it's, you know, hashtag startup life. Right. And I was like, Hey, I'm leaving this job. I'll work for free. If you find value in me, you'll find the money and the rest is history.
0: Dude. Uh, firstly, amazing story. And just to, Clarify for everybody listening. Nootropics are like little supplements you can take to essentially enhance your productivity or make you more clear and alert. They're not necessarily pharmaceuticals like Adderall or Ritalin. They're, they're more um, they're more supplements and there's a lot on the market. And I don't want to dive in too much into nootropics. And then flow states, we'll probably touch on those in a bit. But essentially what a flow state is, is it's a extended period of Productivity where, or focus, where you just feel like you're naturally getting things done. Like you're not feeling like you're having to try really. You're just kind of in a f- state of flow, which is what they call it. And third thing, I'm a huge fan of Brain FM, which is why I really wanted Dan on the show because I mean, I've personally been using Audio Adderall, if I, that's the best way I like to call it, for years now. And uh, Brain FM really kind of fits that mold for me. So, a couple things, just I wanted to kind of unravel in your journey Dan one thing so persistence i mean calling 12 times most people would give up most people would not like take take one no as a no why and where does the confidence in your own life stem from to continue pushing until something just happens like it's almost like you you went forward with the certainty that like these people were going to hire you and you just kept trying until that happened how did you develop that skill set to expect those types of results in your life? And how do other people that don't have that type of drive build it so that they can go about creating the lives they also love?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think in this specific scenario, you're right. It's like almost like I tell the future that they're going to hire me and they just don't know it yet. You know what I mean? And working back from that passion, um, I think the reason that I have that is really directly to martial arts. That when we were in martial arts, we would use martial arts as a vehicle to instill confidence, success, and perseverance in people. Now I did martial arts. other people have done you know basketball or football or you know whatever it may be. It's not only even physical, like competition builds that into us. I think for me, it really comes from this source of believing something and then proving to myself that I can do it. I think that I love puzzles. I love figuring it out. I love reaching a certain point and I have a lot of drive to be able to solve that puzzle because I've always been told that it's not about how hard you work. It's about working smart. And really, you know, I mean, it's funny, like our parents, when we're kids, they like, Hey, you can do anything you want to do. Right. I just believe them. (laughs) You know, um, I just had this thing of saying, and, and again, I think it was through my parents and through martial arts of fostering this drive of you can do really anything you want to do. And for uh, people that may not have that in their life right now, I mean, humans are the only creature that can instill habits in themselves. And what you can do to instill that is really start really small, work on something, accomplish it, and then do something a little bit bigger, a Mm -hmm. little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger. And when you start doing that and pushing yourself and getting rewards of that, that's when the drive and the passion really ignites. And now you look for things that are just humongous accomplishments just to see if you can do it. And that's yeah. a place that where I am right now. So I think I mentioned to you, Raj, earlier, like I'm going to Antarctica. So it'll be my seventh continent. And I actually just put that goal just to see, like, it's like crazy. Like, I'll never hit all seven continents, but I could. And it's that level of thinking which has driven me to, you know, see the world, but also, you know, get this job at Brain FM or become a secondary black belt. And it starts with small chunks first, and then building and challenging yourself and really expanding on your comfort zone and pushing the boundary, never really getting okay and comfortable. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I think most people don't even recognize they're comfortable. There's a level of self-awareness that has to happen to recognize that you've been the same for a certain amount of time. And it's usually some sort of a trigger point that pushes you off the hamster wheel to then say, Oh my gosh, okay. I want to do something a little different. And you know I'm glad you brought up the sports because I used to play tennis growing yeah. up and I was super competitive tennis player. And I, I, now that I'm looking back on it, I'm finding a lot of similarities in your own story. You know, I would work really, really, really hard and it would suck. But the second I won or the second I experienced something that was, you know, moving forward or, or like a fruit of my my hard work, it excited me to do more. And it got me very comfortable with this idea of like delaying gratification and being able to push off knowing that the delayed gratification is worth it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious about your your concepts around delayed gratification. And, and how do you fight instant gratification in your life? Because I mean, I think that that's something that I, I see in your life, I see in you right now. You know, like even if it's calling 12 times, or if it's, putting these big goals out there, knowing that you're not going to experience it overnight. Like, How do you fight the urges of instant gratification to then experience the greener grass on the other side of your comfort zone?
1: Two things come to mind. One, there's an amazing book called The Slight Edge. I believe that's by Jeff Olson. And he basically talks about Sparknot's version is that people don't eat a cheeseburger and die. So everyone eats cheeseburgers and they eat a lot of cheeseburgers. And then over 40 years, they get a heart attack and die right? And in the same thing in reverse, where if you commit to being 1% better, let's say once a week, right, just rising and pushing just a little bit, at the end of the year, you're 50% better. Over 10 years, you're what, 500% better, right? And I think that that's one thing that I continually think about. And then I pair it with another paradigm, which is, if it was easy, then everyone would do it. And I think that one of the reasons that really pushed me to try to accomplish things and drive me is that there isn't instant gratification. How do I say this? If you were like, Hey, I want to run a marathon and you just showed up to the race, you never trained and you ran the marathon. What would be the point of trying or, or being athletic if you knew you could do it? You know what I mean? Like it's the fact that you can't do it and that you have to rise up against whatever challenge that may be to push yourself. And that's, Honestly, more of the reward, you know, it's kind of like the path less traveled or, or, you know, it's it's not about the end goal. It's about the pushing and expanding to get there, you know, and that's really what I found the most exciting part in any of this stuff, where it's not about building Brain FM into a company that helps, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. That is the end result of what we're going to be doing. But the thing that is really exciting is how are we going to do this, you know? and that's the thing that makes me show up and wake up every day and excited and that's for brain fm that's for training that's for traveling you know whatever it may be it's all about the journey there you know what i mean
0: yep i got a question why is it important for you to love the
1: work you do we're going to we're going to go deep raj are are we ready for that
0: i think we're ready to go deep
1: <laughs> okay cool so i think it comes down to my level of understanding of of why i'm here so you know in that bar we, we had a long discussion about a few of these topics, but one of those is that I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in some kind of significance. I don't think this is necessarily random, but I don't necessarily think that we can ever figure it out either. And I know that the one universal truth that we all know is that we're here for a certain period of time. And in this period of time that we're born into randomly, we have an ability to add energy do nothing or take energy away. Right. And really part of the reason that I've found myself in is saying, okay, if I know that I'm here, that at any moment I could stop existing. Right. And that's the next adventure. That's a whole nother thing. But like in this time, I want to make a splash and I choose to make a splash in, in helping people and really not only living my own life, full of joy and happiness. But how can I extend that to other people? Because that's actually what lights me up. And I think that that's something again, at the martial arts thing that I found at a really young age, where if I figure something out, and I can help pull someone up on my level, it's just as fun as figuring it out. And if, if not even more fun. And that's one of the reasons why I have to love what I do, because I find passion in that and I get excited. You know, I've worked other jobs like we all have, that you wake up and you okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. And while I'm sure there's a lot of people that continually do that, including my parents, who basically every single day told me not to do that, I made it one of my commitments in life to live a job that was no difference from what I would be doing if I didn't make any money. Yeah, And that's the thing that really pushes me and drives me and is one of those commitments that I have. So I'm here only for a limited amount of time. Let's make the biggest splash possible. Let's have a lot of fun doing it. And let's do it with integrity too, where I'm not making, I'm lying or, or making the wrong deals. How can we build something? How can I build my own life with the way I actually want to live because of the values that were instilled with me and that I fully believe in? Yeah, Absolutely. Why do you think giving feels so good? I think giving feels really good because we know how it has been to get to that point, right? How how much work it is and that we have figured out this puzzle. And when you help people and you give someone the solution to help them, it's the same reason like why our, our parents work so hard to help us. Um, become the people that we are and and to eclipse them because they want a better life for the people around them and the people, you know, for their kids. I also think too, it's, I wouldn't be here unless someone gave to me. I wouldn't be here unless someone invested knowledge, time, and energy in me. And part of me giving to someone else is an acknowledgement and respecting the person who took the time to help me. Does that make sense?
0: it makes perfect sense i mean i've always felt like i have a responsibility to succeed or do well just because someone decided that they believed i had something that it's just when i when i look at my own mentors and the people who have paid it forward or given me a leg up in any way shape or form i always feel like i've got a a duty and a responsibility to just be my best self
1: and i think that being your best self the best parts of you come out when you give you and i and a lot of people listening to this podcast too, they also realize that we're incredibly lucky, right? Yeah. Um, I think traveling was really the thing that opened my eyes up on that. You know, I, I, so I actually wear this bracelet every single day and I've worn it for five years now. Bought it in Thailand, it's 25 cents, it has no value whatsoever. And I never took it off because when I was wearing the bracelet, I went up into Laos and I saw incredible poverty, which is its own story itself. And it made me realize, am I better that per- than that person? nope, I'm just lucky. I was here. And that person doesn't have the same abilities that we do, or the same opportunities, chances and things like that. And part of giving part of helping is taking the opportunities that we have, expanding upon them, growing them and then passing them to the next person. Because not everyone can do that. You know what I mean?
0: How do you remind yourself every day of the the fact that you're lucky?
1: So I think the bracelet helps. And that's why, you know, I've yet to take it off ever. Yeah. I also think that through a habitual, one of the things that I do is I wake up every day. I actually, I, you know, I use Brain.fm every day myself and I put it on and I have a coffee, open a notebook and I do unstructured writing for about three pages. Right. So it, it really depends on what happens. You know, sometimes it's one page and I'm good, but I usually start it off with what am I grateful for? And I write down the things that are going for me or the things that maybe aren't going for me that I want to pay special attention to. I think a lot of people, they want to be happy, but happy is an effect of being gracious, right? And I I do that and I build that. So every day, I start my day with gratefulness. And then I actually go on to something that I heard from you, Raj, that you passed on to me. And I write, what do I need to know today? And then I keep journaling and and I say, okay, this is the things I have to accomplish. This is things I have to accomplish this week in my personal life and also my professional life.
0: Mm. I love that, man. Now, transitioning. So a daily practice of gratitude and sort of exploring yourself. How does that help you get into a productive flow state or a state where you feel focused? Is there a correlation between how grateful you feel and how much work you get done?
1: You know, I've never actually thought about that. It was one of those things that I've just been doing for so long that I don't think I've paid attention to that necessarily. But I would say that that is is important. And it really puts you in like, again, why are we doing anything, right? Are we just waking up to wake up, work, eat, go to bed and do it again? Or are we here to do something more? And I think that when you put gratefulness first, it actually builds a habit of saying, okay, this is what I'm grateful for. I'm also grateful for these opportunities that I'm trying to close on or trying to take advantage of. And then that sets up the rest of the day to really take advantage of those uh, opportunities that you have. And then also add to the list, Hey, I'm grateful I accomplished that goal that I had for the last, you know, week, month or year. For me,
0: gratitude has helped me create a sense of urgency I realize I'm here for a certain amount of time. I realize that I'm blessed to even have these opportunities and I'm grateful for the time I live in. And so, you know, when I feel grateful, it's almost like, all right, Raj, if you feel this grateful, you better do something with this because somebody in Thailand might not have this opportunity. Somebody in India, I have family members in India that would kill to be in the place that I am being able to do the things I'm doing talking to these amazing people and having conversations. And so I think there's a part that makes me feel like when you practice being grateful for what you have, you are more pressed to go after the things you want because Mm -hmm. you realize how much privileged we all have to even be grateful for the things. Like that's what I realized. Like when I see people being grateful for like the fact that they're alive another day, or when I see people be grateful for the fact that they're, I don't know, man, like just any, anything that's like seems so inconsequential to me, like, of course I'm alive another day, or of course I have two arms, or Mm -hmm. of course I've got two parents that support me. Like there's so many things that I personally, I feel like there are times where I take them for granted. And so the gratitude piece for me is I think a a huge component of focus. So I want to, I want to transition into focus though. So tell me a little bit about just how you get into flow states and how you, Engage in, in in productive behavior and and how you get so much done, man. I mean, like you're you're a pretty productive human being in general and relentless at that. So, where does flow states, relentless productivity, and just your own character and habits all play together to create a monster of momentum in your life?
1: I think there's a few different things, right? And actually, what you were just reminding me of. Also uh, reminds me of this Tony Robbins quote, which is where energy goes, attention flows and results soon follow, right? And I think that that's also pretty mindful on how getting into flow state or zone or whatever people call it, because it means different things to different people. But, you know, getting through that, I think is is building a, a really habitual process to do so. Because when you get into flow state or this zone, if you can only do it once a month or randomly... It's not actually beneficial whatsoever. That's you have right, to train yeah. your body and your mind to be able to do it on demand, right? And that's mm-hmm. you know also again, the, one of the reasons why I'm so in, enthralled with what Brain FM is doing. But basically how I do is I start my day. I usually wake up at 8 a.m. I brush my teeth. I have a behind my mirror, it's one of those mirrors that you open that like fold. Yeah. And I open it and I actually have a sticky note there. And I have affirmations of how I'm going to live my life this week. And what I am actually grateful for right there. So when I'm brushing my teeth, when I open the door, the first thing I see every day is these things that I want to instill in my life or be mindful of and keep. Then what I do is I usually drink an iced coffee. I'm a big iced coffee guy. I will drink iced coffee at negative 30 degrees. (laughs) You're one of those crazies. I'm from Boston. So I guess that's why. But uh, yeah, I always do that. And then I'll put brain if I'm on the focus setting. And I start with that process. So I open up a journal, I have a moleskin and a felt tip pen. And I write down what I'm grateful for. Then I do an open exercise where I say, what do I need to know today? And I just write until I have nothing else to write, where it's not like I'm forcing myself. And I always stop at three pages. There's sometimes where I could just write and write and write. But that actually takes away from it. And I've tried different iterations of this. So then what I do is after I write that down, as I'm writing it, I actually usually naturally my mind as I'm writing to do things that I've been had on my mind. It's like almost like an unstructured place where my mind can freely absorb a bunch of information and then put it together in one place. And then by then, it's usually about 30 minutes in. And that's where I think a combination of, you know, having my coffee, having the journaling and having Brain F I'm on in the background really gets me into this state of just, yeah, this flow, it gets me in the zone. And, and it feels like I'm not actually thinking, like I'm still aware of what I'm doing, but I'm now saying, okay, what do I need to do? And I'm just going to do it. And it's not forcing myself to do it. It's just like, I need to do this. And without even thinking, I open up my email and I say, okay, cool. I'm going to crush emails for an hour, you know, and I put a timer on and I do it. What I'll usually do is I'll do that. I usually create some high level things afterwards. I actually only do emails for up to an hour. And then what I'll do is I'll do some kind of high level things. So reviewing our ads, reviewing our customer support, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then usually by then, depends on the day, but usually around 11 o'clock, I try to go to the gym. I try to do cardio and weightlifting and really pump myself back up that way come back, actually relax for a little bit, eat lunch, all that. And then usually the rest of my day is open to podcasts like we're doing right now, interviews, and other kinds of high-level meetings that I have with my team. Yeah. Um, So really, I try to create a structured habit to be able to do this all the time. And I think that's one of the secrets rather than just doing it sometimes. You know what I mean? I do. Do you think that... I've always believed that focus and productivity and
0: performance is a muscle. Performance isn't something you have, focus isn't something you have, it's something you do, it's something you build. And mm-hmm. so I love the consistent aspect of it. By waking up and doing the same thing each day, you allow yourself you, you allow your brain essentially to just kick into high gear. So I have a question then, how does Brain FM actually create those high gears on demand? Cuz I mean when I'm when I'm listening to Brain FM like I am I mean, it's almost like I did my entire morning routine and I'm just ready to go.
1: Yeah. So what we do is we actually have this pattern process called neural phase blocking, right? And what that does is it basically creates music supercharged with our AI system that creates a certain mental state and, and helps helps like, almost push you there. So what happens is we, we have through fMRI, EEG, and actually these video game testing that we do... We have different models of the brain and what it looks like when it's in a deep zone state, right? When you're focused. And what we do is we actually feed that into our AI and it's almost like the scaffolding of a building, right? So we have this like oscillating wave of this brain state that we're trying to encourage in our individuals that use a product. And then our AI assembles music with the help of our composers around that scaffolding, uh, yeah. kind of like a skyscraper with the facade being the music. It changes frequencies, it changes the 3D sound, it changes salience events and things like that. It actually just, like, we can't put Christina Aguilera through it, unfortunately, because it actually destroys the song because it redoes all the song every single millisecond in sync to this brain protocol. And we have these secret, almost like spices, right? Like KFC. But we have these rules that we've known through research that helps encourage those responses and gets you into that state. That's amazing,
0: man. And, and what excites me most about the work you're doing, and I want to dive into this because I think that there's there's a lot of lessons that can come from just what you're doing. I mean, it sounds like this is something that could actually eradicate pharmaceuticals like Adderall or Ritalin or, or Vyvanse and, and different
1: drugs that have been prescribed to fix these types of issues. We're actually, I mean, so that's one of the things we're working on. So we have a grant from the government right now to help us validate that we can be a preliminary step, a replacement, or a combination with uh, pharmaceutical drugs and actually help treat ADD and ADHD. Oh my gosh, man. That's amazing. And that's phenomenal to me because,
0: so how does that idea drive the team? You know, it's one thing I understand how it drives you, but what's the purpose of a mission like that? And, or how does a mission like that drive purpose in people? Cause I, I want like one goal that I've always wanted with, with the show is, is to help people do work that lights their souls on fire. And for me, the fastest way to do that is to align with a mission that is impacting the world in a very, very, very positive way. So. What's the importance of having a personal mission? And what's the importance of aligning with missions to essentially
1: change the way you live life? I think having a personal mission is just bluntly like the reason why I get up in the morning, right? Finding passion in what you do or finding a reason to do something is is really important. And for my team, it's, it's also the same thing. So like you said, it, Great. It motivates Dan, but does it motivate the 13 or 14 people that are part of the team that are working full time, right? And it's really interesting because we're all the people in the company, we're very culture mindful, right? So we purposely hire people that believe in what we're doing. And I rather have someone that has the drive and the feeling and and the, the desire to help change the world than someone that basically can like make up for it with their hunger and learn the skills rather than someone that just wants to show up. 100%. Yeah. And, and I think also Brain.fm is a really special company because there's very little companies that can make a profitable company and help people at the same time. And what's interesting about that Brain.fm especially is that a lot of those companies that can build a profitable company and help people, the market is very small based on you know, what they're doing. And the cool thing about us is music affects everyone right? They actually believe that music came before speech. Our product can help everyone. You know, if I can help you do eight hours of work and six hours by just listening to music that you normally listen to anyway, or I can help you sleep the same sleep quality every single night, wouldn't you do that? Right? Yeah, man. And, and that's, it doesn't matter if you speak English or Mandarin or French because we're all human and we're all fundamental built off the same evolutionary principles it helps everyone. And that's what's building not only my own passion, but everyone's passion in the company because it's directly rewarded with being part of this. Does that make sense? It does. Dan, how do you infuse
0: mission and purpose and passion into every part of life as opposed to just work? I know work dominates such a huge part of life, but... And I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life harmony. And and so like, how do you infuse passion into life or into different parts of life that aren't necessarily in an environment that would call for passion?
1: I think I just try to find things that excite me naturally, things that challenge me, and things that I have the ability to devote to. So putting professional life aside, one of the things that I really enjoy is cooking, right? And I come from, you know, my grandmother, I, get, I think I get my love of cooking from my grandmother and my mom. And they're really great cooks, and they wanted to find a way to eat really good food without paying for it because I didn't have any money because I was spending it on travel, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I ended up finding that by doing something and challenging myself, it actually made the normal practice of just making food into a really exciting activity. So I think the answer to your question is by finding something that you have the potential to be really good at and then just trying. So, you know, for cooking, for the longest time, I cooked, you know, mac and cheese like all the time and all that stuff. And then actually I started watching like Gordon Ramsey episodes and like cooking and, uh, and the last few years, food television has really taken off. And I just started saying, you know what? He's just another person, right? Granted, he's been doing this longer, but that's the only difference. I could do that too. If I wanted to, let me at least try. And I started challenging myself to cook. And I've cooked now everything from beef Wellington to crazy soups and dishes. And nowadays, when I do have the time to cook, it's more, more like chopped because I don't know what's left in my fridge. Yeah. And I just put it together. <laughs> but I really try to infuse that passion you're talking about and just a normal activity. And I think passion is aligned with challenge. Because if You are an amazing cook. You may not find passion anymore. And then, how do you say, okay, this is great? I've accomplished what I want to do here. And now, what can I do next? And now I cook a lot less because, admittedly, I've actually switched my passion to now doing art. And I've started doing uh, different kinds of paintings and different kinds of digital paintings, especially because I'm traveling. So I have an iPad. And the challenge is hey, this is what good art looks like can I do it too? And let's just devote some time to this and see what happens of it. And, you know, I don't want to say I'm an artist and I'm not doing it to become one, but I'm really making gains on something that provides joy and happiness out of me. And I'm sure there's going to be a point where, okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this art thing, but now I need something more. And I think it comes back to this change thing we were talking about earlier, but like, you know what I think the real thing is, it's just finding and falling in love with change and expanding that comfort zone, right? How do you continually push? And how do you push in the directions that you want to push? Because I'm saying art and painting and Raj, you may not be into that. You may really like tennis and golf, right? Again, like I'm never, I'm never going to do that. Right. I can't, can't. but I don't have an interest that that's the real reason. I'm sure I could become a great tennis player if I wanted to, but I just don't want to. So I find something that does excite me. You know what I mean?
0: I do. I do. I want to add to that. You said passion is a product of challenge. I'm going to go one step further and say passion is also a product of curiosity and presence. And, and even challenge, the, the need to find challenge is a product of curiosity. Like if you start a new skill, like let's say painting or, or anything like that, and you get curious about your own ability to do something, that's what drives you forward towards challenge. How do
1: you cultivate curiosity in your life? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I'm i very curious. Um, I've always, I think I've been yeah, curious. Yeah, you're a
0: curious I, dude. I I can <laughs> tell you're
1: curious. Yeah, that's hard to say like how I've been able to have curiosity because I think I've always just been curious about the world we live in. I'm curious about people. I think the way I look at life is life is just one big adventure. It actually reminds me of this guy I used to work with. He was interesting. So this was when I was in the martial arts school. This is when I was like, You know, deciding to open up one or not. And I had this thing. And this guy, he's lived at that time in my life when I was like 16 or 17. He lived the most amazing life ever because he was all over the world and he's lived all these really cool jobs and he, you know, had all these amazing stories. Yeah. And he told me one day that life is a wild ride, but you have to buy the ticket, you have Mm. to be curious because. If you want to experience life or you want to be curious, first, you got to look, you know what I mean? And I think that ignited this thing that really, there's so much there. You know, it's it's interesting. I think one of the fun things about life is that it's literally impossible to do everything. There's so many places to see. There's so many things to learn. One of the exciting things about it is that if we live 100 years, 200 years, let's say even like 500 years, there's no way... ever see every part of life. And that's, I think, the reason that I'm very aware of that, again, coming back to we're only here for a certain amount of time. Yeah. So in this time that I have, what can I learn and what can I experience? And that's where I think all my curiosity comes from. Yeah, it's
0: the sense of urgency to live life. Yep. I guess like there's, you know, there's two kinds of people. There are people that have realized that life is short and I need to live it now. And then there are people that haven't really become aware that life is short. So they go through the autopilot of life. And I've always, you know, for me, at least, you know, I had an experience when I was building my company that forced me to see that life was, oh my gosh, like I had someone had to show me or I had to experience something for me to realize that, okay, life is short. I need to start living now. When you're on this hamster wheel and you feel stuck, what's something that you can do or or just from your own experience to almost get yourself unstuck? to where you put yourself out of the passenger seat and back in the driver's seat again. Like what's something that can actually evoke that passion
1: for life when you haven't had it for so long and you feel trapped? What you need to do in that situation is radically make a step to change your life or radically step outside of it. I've done that through travel. I think other people have done that through different experiences, some through drugs, some through, you know, whatever. And I think that it's really just, Shocking the system to waking up, you know, yeah. because like you said, you're an autopilot, you're almost kind of asleep, you know, and maybe this resonates with some people, but like really the best way to wake up anyone is just shake them. Right? <laughs> and sometimes you just need to shake yourself. And what is something crazy that you can do to shake that? So are you say, scared of heights? Then jump out of a plane, right? And I say this being extremely, extremely scared of heights, or used to be. I'm a little bit better now, but I forced myself to go skydiving for the same exact reason of, hey, I'm just doing the same thing. I need to get excited. I need to do something that actually scares you, right? Is it talking to that girl across the bar? Is it jumping out of a plane? Is it going on a plane to some destination that you're uncomfortable with, that you're scared? Like, I I think, yeah, the real thing is like, When's the last time you've ever been scared in your life? You know, and I'm not talking watching horror show stuff, like actually scared because maybe your job is on the line. Maybe, you know, you're re-examining your own psyche or whatever. Like that's what challenges us. Those are the instances we grow from.
0: I mean, it's kind of funny. I was looking back on the last couple of years in my own life. And when we were starting the company and growing it and, and being a part of that, I mean, I was scared. But... When I think about the things that I remember the most, it was those moments where I felt like I was going to lose everything. And those are the moments that I always go back to. Those are the moments that I, I weirdly treasure. Like, I didn't know I was going to treasure it. I didn't know I was going to... I mean, in the time, I was it was the worst thing ever. But looking back, I'm like, once you taste what moving through fear looks like, or once you survive something that you thought you were scared of and thought you couldn't do, and you're on the other side now looking back on it, it unlocks the curiosity for everything else. Like that's what made me want to do stand up. You were in the crowd. I mean, like I, I you didn't know this, but I was terrified <laughs> right before I went on stage. I think that's the key. And, and you said it so well, man. And I'm so grateful to know you because I, I love your, your outlook on life. I love your perspective. And I, I man, I just, I love you, Dan. I, I love I you. Yeah. I love you. Return my,
1: to you, brother. <laughs> my, my
0: dude, you, you are doing some amazing things. So Dan, if folks wanted to get in touch or learn more about Brain.fm, like what's the best way to do so? How do people get access to this amazingness that you're, you're a part of?
1: So Brain.fm, um, we're, we have an app on an iPhone, Android, and also a web app. Basically go on, you get five free sessions to try it, to actually you know, feel the thing that we're talking about, to feel that zone state. Usually, I recommend people to try it for our focus first because sleep and relax while they also work just as effectively. It's a little bit harder to gauge because it's a so so much of a longer cycle. So I usually say is sit down, put Brain.fm on, hit our focus, set aside 90 minutes to accomplish something, write it down, and then go out and do it. If they want to contact me and tell them about the experience, I'd love to hear it. They can shoot me an email at dan at brain.fm. And yeah. The more we grow, the more we invest into science and the more we get to, you know, do this great thing and improve our product.
0: Yeah, man. Super and everybody, I completely endorse brain.fm. I don't even feel shy about saying that. I don't get paid for that. I just really love the product and I love the people behind it and it's helped me so much. So I hope it helps you guys too. Dan, man, I, I appreciate you so much. I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, how far you've come, how far you're going to go,
1: how do you stay grounded every day? Staying grounded is to that, the graciousness, to the curiosity, and to just living. Starting off, gratitude provides this foundation. Curiosity is the skyscraper. And I think sitting in that skyscraper and looking at what your curiosity and what your gratitude accomplished and looking down is the thing that really makes me stay grounded and, and push and keep pushing to build another skyscraper and another and another and another until I can't anymore. Mm, love it, dude.
0: Well, I can't wait to see the skyscrapers you build and I'm privileged and grateful to, to call you a friend. That, again, man, thank you so much for making the time today to be here with us and f- for educating our listeners on, on just how to live a full life in every capacity. You are the man. Thanks, man. Love you. Love you too. All right, guys. Well, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Dan. And from us, Stay Grounded.